was a highway man. Along the coach roads I did ride. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, Jazz and Orlando coming up as we check in with the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler Jack. Bowler, how the heck are you? Scotty Hans, hello from Orlando. How are you? Good. Weather, I'm assuming, is fantastic. It was yesterday. Uh, cloudy, expecting rain today. So uh, maybe we'll fly out in a little bit of a storm. But uh, I'm hearing that Salt Lake has one coming down for the weekend. So can't get away from it. Can't, can't ask for a better day than we have today here, though. This is awesome. 55. Lloyd said it was high level. Yeah. It's beautiful. But I'd take a Florida storm over a Utah storm any day, Bowler. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Set out when it's 80 and just let it rain on you. I'm with you. It's a bring a bar of time. soap. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'd love that you, you said bring a bar of yeah. soap. <laughs> One thing about my guy Hands is he's now all in on Florida. You yeah, love that state. I do. I am such a big fan. I love it down there so much, Baller. I'm so jealous that you're in Orlando right now. You know what? I'm about a stone's throw from uh, Disney World. A lot of people down here. Uh, it's, it is, you know, golf courses everywhere. I can see when they have bad weather or hurricanes would be an issue because, I mean, I grew up in Kansas. At least there was a hill or two, but here it's flat and it comes across pretty fast. I can see why there's always concern. Well, this is an interesting time of year for the Jazz because technically they're still hanging in there for the opportunity to get in the playing tournament, but it just doesn't feel like the momentum is where it needs to be with this team right now. You're around this, and I don't want you to, you know, break any confidences or anything like that, but what's the mood of the team right now when you're around these guys and you see the body language? And that's why I love, you know, having you with the team and being able to watch these games yeah. in person, especially these road games. Where where, where are they at right now? And don't, you know, you can say San Bernardino if you want, but uh, how are they hanging <laughs> on? Where are they right now? Oh, man. You know, there's it's it's tough. Let's be honest. Uh, one in six since the trade deadline. <clears throat> you lost a, a facilitator in Kelly Olenek, uh, a young defender in Ochai Abaji, and uh, Simone Fontecchio, who gave you some three-point shots and also some defense with length and strength, by the way. But, uh, you know, those are questions that I'll be talking to Will Hardy about tonight. I think his... his uh, his coaching and his ability uh, to maybe put perspective with this team is the most important right now. Um, you know, I, look, there was a lot of emotions in Atlanta with John Collins returning and Quinn Snyder and Colin Sexton and uh, the connections with the state and Walker Kessler as well. But, you know, you just can't put yourselves in constant holes, and that's what they've done. Uh, you know, the one win was nice you know, at home against San Antonio. But uh, you can't dig yourself a hole, and that's what the Jazz really Achilles has been throughout the year. Um, you know, tough starts and then turnovers in bunches and 18 turnovers, and you give away 28 points to the Hawks, and, you know, you're playing uphill constantly. So it's a youth movement. Let's be honest. Let's say what it is. It's Taylor Hendricks' time. It's Keontae George time. It's a little bit of Bryce Sinzabaugh time. And they're trying to figure out if they are pieces to the future. 
and that will drive Danny and Justin Zanuck's decision-making in the offseason on what they need to do, who to sign, free agency, draft picks. So as tough as it is for Jazz fans, I think it's, it's you know, i got to speak the truth, uh, it's 11th in the West. They're four games out of a play-in spot. And I think it's constantly, the Jazz are constantly trying to uh, try to find momentum, but also, you know, once you lose the players that you did, it was like going back to training camp in a way to to reconfigure and the language for Taylor and Sinzabaw and Keontae and for them to get used to the system and also the players that surround them. And I think the turnovers, Hans and Scotty, are kind of proof of the the difficulty they're having doing that right now. And uh, will it get better? Maybe in time. But if, you, if you're thinking playoffs, you know, time's not on your side. Um, you know, you've already played 59. Uh, tonight's game 60. And you know you play 82. So the clock's ticking. Did you have any opportunity to catch up with Quinn Snyder? Did he, did he have anything I did. to say? I did. You know, we had a, we had a chance to go one-on-one uh, for the pregame show. Uh, and we spoke for a couple of three minutes and, you know, like in coach speak, I think he really does have great love for the jazz in the city of Salt Lake, the state of Utah. And I don't think he left. And again, only behind closed doors, do you know, actually what went down, but he spoke highly of, you know, Danny and Justin and Ryan, the way things were handled. Uh, they had a great run with Rudy and Donovan, but I think he felt like, like everyone, maybe time had come. Uh, they always talk about windows, right, of opportunity. And maybe that window had closed quicker and a little had been sealed uh, a little bit more than maybe some of us knew with relationships, you know. Time for Rudy to go on, time for Donovan to go on. And I think Quinn felt like he'd given all he had in those eight years. You know, six consecutive, by the way, playoff appearances. But, again, couldn't really do much more than the first round. Or, you know, you step your toe into round two. So, uh, you know, sometimes things have to come to an end. That's what he and I were talking about. Uh, a lot of people come and go lately in this league. Coaches change regularly. And um, I, I think you see more players taking jumps. And some force their own jump out, right, behind the scenes or even publicly. And they use social media to do that. But, you know, I think the Jazz overall are just trying to do it the right way. It's going to take time. You have a multitude of draft picks and a lot of money to spend upwards to about $50 million. That could be off a million or two, uh, plus or minus. But I would think the Jazz hands, Scotty, will be very active in the offseason. And right now they want to see who they have and what pieces are going to be a part of the future. Because I, mean, I don't think Ryan's going to be that patient. I mean, he, he wants to, you know, move this team ahead. And as Justin said, too, that the bottom line is they would like to do a longer window of opportunity, much like what Golden State's been able to do with Clay, Draymond, and Steph. But, man, it, you know, you have to hit it. You have to roll the dice and, and hit it on your draft and also the free agents that you bring in. Craig Bowler, Jack, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I go back to the game against San Antonio, and Taylor Hendricks got thrown to the Wolves against a, uh, another fellow rookie and Victor Wembanyama, who might be, you know, a generational player. First off, I want to get your thoughts on the games you've been able to see him in person, and what are your thoughts on that phenom? 
And then, you know, Taylor had some moments against him where I think that, you sure. know, he, he, he looked good and, and held his own. Now, granted, there's a long learning curve and he's extremely raw, but kind of give us your evaluation of what you've seen out of him now that he's been put in the starting lineup with some big boy minutes. Yeah, T and I, Big T and I talked to him uh, a couple of days ago, and I think he's still wide-eyed. Uh, I think he hustles. I think he has some physical attributes uh, hands and Scotty, I really do. Uh, he's a better rebounder. I think he's catching on on positions on the floor. But a lot of that, too, is just kind of innate. I mean, some people have a nose and they know where to go and other people don't. But I, I think Taylor, again, is is a work in progress, 20 years old, just like Keontae. Keontae was more NBA ready at the time. And I think Taylor's taking advantage. He told us that it was a good thing for him to be in the G League to, to get to know the system of the Jazz, which they play the same with the Stars as they do uh, when you when you get the call up. So he said that transition wasn't as difficult for him, knowing what, you know, Will Hardy needed and wanted. Um, but, yeah, you know, I tell you, 20 years old. Um, you know, T always talks about, to me, when we're just talking about basketball, you know, how NBA-ready guys were 20 years ago when you played the three or four years. And now it's a totally different game. You have to look into the future and see and hopefully look at the potential and then how long does it take to be reached. And I think that's what the Jazz are going through right now with Keontae, Taylor, and Sensabaugh. I'm glad to see Sensabaugh get more minutes. You know, he was he was highly touted before the injury, guys, at Ohio State, prolific three-point shooter in the Big Ten. And, you know, he's got a big body, man. He's 6'6", 230, moves pretty well. So I'm glad to see him get some minutes here in the you know last third of the season, and they'll get a better feel for what he's about too. But uh, so far, I think it's just a process, and I think Hendricks has shown that he has some flashes. He told us the the moment that he realized that he was in the NBA and maybe he did belong was when he blocked Kevin Durant uh, a few weeks ago, and. You know, it does take minutes or moments like that, hands as you know, uh, to say, hey, you know what, this is real. I'm in the NBA, and you know what, I, I, I do belong. And, you know, that's a process that takes time, especially when you're 19 going on now 20. But I, I still think, it, you know, those are moments that are going to have to come more often, by the way. Not just one moment, but multiple moments that begin to, you know, build confidence with all three of these young guys. Give me your best assessment on Walker Kessler, Bowler. You know, Hans, that's interesting, man. I, You know, he had such an incredible rookie season, and there was a lot of hype about him. He looked like he jumped on the floor with incredible confidence. Uh, teams didn't know who he was or his tendencies, and now they do. Uh, you know, he got hurt early, and I think it really threw him for a loop uh, with the uh, the elbow and then, of course, he's a guy, you couldn't meet a nicer guy. And he wants to appease coach Will Hardy and the franchise and do everything right. You can't do everything right in this league or any league or, or in life. So I think he's had to adjust his train of thought about quit looking to the sideline, as, as Will has talked about openly. Like, you know what, you're going to make mistakes, live with it, and learn from it. And I think he's starting to kind of find his way back a little. I think his his ego or his, let's say, I'm going to say confidence 
was beat up not more a couple of times this year. You start, you lose the starting job, you come back, you lose it again now to Taylor Hendricks, and Collins stays in as a small big uh, alongside Marketing. And I think, you know, these are good tests for Walker Kessler. Um, I'm anxious to see, I don't know if you call it, what is it, hands in the sophomore um, slump. Slump, I guess, is really came to fruition for him. Um, but, you know, look at his block shots. I mean, he's going to probably hit the 200 mark. Uh, you know, he's at 138. He's about 2.7, 2.8 a game. So if you put the math, he should probably, without injury, you know, go 200. He's a defensive force. Uh, I think, again, probably on the offensive side, a little sweeping hook shot would be great. Um, is he a three-point shooter? Not that I've seen yet. I'm sure he's going to continue to work on it and, you know, surprise us with a few during the course of, you know, each and every year. But, you know, facing up to the basket, you know, no problem at the rim because of his size. But I think it'd be really helpful to have just another another shot in his offensive arsenal to keep uh, defensive defenses honest. But I like the guy. I think he, you know, he needs to get stronger and more confident with the ball, especially rebounding hands. I really do. You know, what's interesting is the fact that we put these guys on pedestals and we expect them to be great. And they are. Uh, but also, you know, I'm calling games for Utah State and their starting point guard is 24 years old and, you know, four years older than Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks. Yeah. And yet we're like expecting these guys to be high level NBA players and being like, all right, go out and win games and lead these teams to, uh, you know, at least yeah. a spot in the playing tournament. And it's a process, man. And, you know, I don't mean to, you know, steal the old Daryl Morey line, but, you know, it's a process this this team is going through and this front office is going through. And what do you what do you tell a fan base right now that wants this team to make those incremental steps every single year and, and may not be seeing it right now? Yeah, that's another great conversation, Scotty. I mean, jazz fans, jazz nation, have, have, I think are really smart. I mean, I've been here 19 years and covered them since 85, and they get it. They would love quickly to build back this franchise to the Stockton and Malone days, but those guys aren't coming through the door. You know, Hornacek's not coming through the door. Boozer and D. Will and Memo, you know, they're not coming through the door. So you have to be patient as a fan base. I get it. They pay good money. The players are well paid, and everyone wants to win now. But it doesn't really happen that way in most cases. You may get lucky and get that generational player. But even look with Wimbenyama, you know, they're like right now bottom, what, three? There's only two teams above them or below them, I am sure should say. So they're going to get another lottery pick at three or four by the time it comes around. But, you know... Everyone thinks that Victor was just going to change it immediately. And you asked me earlier, what have I seen? I think they're being real careful with him, honestly, Hans and Scotty. You know, 25 or so minutes a night. Um, I don't think they're trying to overwhelm him. And I can't even begin to think of the pressure uh, on him uh, of being that generational player. Look, some guys are more mentally prepared for it, like, LeBron at 18, Kobe, uh, they just seem to have that it factor of confidence. And I think Victor still is a little bit overwhelmed 
Is that? A, I think that's a fair word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his skill set's ridiculous, but I don't think I don't think he's even believing in himself. I mean, I I've seen him twice. I don't like to use the word soft, but I think it's just he's not as aggressive as I thought maybe he would be. If that's probably the better word, but yet his skill set allows him to do things that are just outrageous, uh, and his length makes him do things that are outrageous. Now, if he gains that confidence and attitude of that alpha mentality of like, I will dominate you, then watch out. But you know what? Again, they, that may come a year or two down the road. And I think the Spurs realize that. And I don't think Pop is going to overwhelm him right now. And maybe that's the best coach to have with, with this guy because he's been through it with Robinson and Duncan. But the skill set's there. I mean, I, I, I wowed and like, wow, you walk by him, wow. Uh, it was like Yao Ming, you know, just in a different way. The man was a mountain. This guy is a, is a tall aspen or a pine tree, right? I mean, with length for, for days. Yao was just a big, big man. Uh, so I, it's going to be fun to watch him develop the next couple of three years, and then we have the, we'll have the same discussion where he was as a rookie uh, and then where he is in the third year, like it is with, uh, I think, with uh, Walker next season. Third year in the league, I think most players d- decide they belong and they have a better attitude about you know, their play and their confidence should grow. If it doesn't, you're not going to last long. Well, Baller, when we had you on last week, uh, it was the top four toughest schedule remaining for the Utah Jazz. We had Kurt Heelan on yesterday. He said it's moved into the number two position. You've got you've got uh, Denver two times. You've got Dallas two times. You've got Minnesota two times. You've got Golden State two times. Every one Clippers. of them working for position. you got the Clippers in there. And, you know, tonight, with a tough, that's a tough Orlando team. This is, this is not the old Orlando Magic. This is a tough oh. Orlando team that is fighting their butt off to stay out of that play-in. So it's, it's tough, Bo, and, and as you look at it, it it's got to be a little daunting to look at, but you've got to be able to find some confidence-building moments in this. You have to. You know, and I, that's where Will Hardy, I think, has to be the 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 head of, of all this, is to put it in focus uh, for this team and even the fan base. Uh, you're right about Orlando. And you know what? Let me just real quick on my sheet. You know, I, I, I go down and I was studying it last night and today. And this is kind of where the Jazz probably want to be as they start to, as Orlando was so down for such a long time. But if you look at... Ben Caro was number one two years ago in 22. You got Franz Wagner, who was eighth in 21. I'm talking picks. Wendell Carter was number seven in 18. And Jalen Suggs, a Gonzaga product, was a fifth pick in 21. So my point is, you get picks, but do you hit? And that looks like Orlando who's now eighth in the East, and it's tight, by the way. They're bunched up, I uh, believe. Let me look. Uh, with the Eastern Conference, they're, they're, they're eighth. They're going to make it, I think, even as a play-in. But if they would fall apart, I mean, right now you've got uh, Indiana, Philly, and Miami all in that 33-34 win range. So there's only like a half a game 
that separates those four clubs. So they could actually jump into the top top five, you know, if they finish strong. And for the Jazz, thank you for reminding me that is now the toughest uh, <laughs> remaining schedule in the NBA. And it's going to test the Jazz. But the only thing I can think of to tell Jazz fans is that the toughness will only give this this group of players more experience on how to win and beat good teams in this league. And you know what? It's a tough, I'd say the West is tough. Still packed with great veterans, aging veterans. And that should help Jazz fans realize, too, that youth may be on their side in the next year or two. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive as Thurl and I sit there in that seat. And tonight, I always hope that there's a breakout game, a breakout moment that that the light comes on and, and the flow begins to happen and the turnover cease. Because I really think there's talent here, but they're their own worst enemy at times. And they come in bunches, comes in like a two or three minute span where the panic or the miscues happen and all of a sudden a four point game becomes a 14 point disadvantage. And then you have to play catch up throughout. And that kind of has been the whole pattern you know, throughout uh, throughout the course of this year. So hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe you know, the tough schedule, the guys stand up and at least be competitive. I think that's what Danny and, and Justin would want to see right now. Hey, tell Thurl that he can stay in his seat, too. He doesn't need to stand up. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I, need to, I need to travel with a box so I can just stand on it, you know, and, and at least be 6'9", compared to his seven-footer, you know, stature. You know what it's you know what it's like, man. It's yeah. tough, but he got he's a, he's he's you know T's great, man. T T just you know he brings some fun and uh, with it, and I think you know he's been through it too. I mean, people forget he was the seventh pick in the draft. He relates to these young guys really well. He talks to them a lot, and they listen to the quote old man of the game, and they also remember. 83. He's a national champion, by the way, with one of the most, oh, yeah. you know, iconic coaches of all time and Jimmy Valvano. So, you know, T's been around the block and I think he's, he can, you know, when they want to talk, he'll sit down and, and listen, doesn't want to coach him. That's not his job. But I think the experiences that he's had and then going overseas and coming back to the jazz and being traded, he, he knew what was happening during the trade deadline because he's been there. And, and um, I think it's helped a lot of these young guys know who he is and where he's been. Yeah, I took a picture of that spot when I was down in the pit a few weeks ago uh, yeah. where, you know, the uh, the underneath the bucket where the missed three was put up and uh, right. and uh, Jimmy V and NC State got the national championship. And that was, uh, that was a heck of a run, a crazy run by you know, that team. Scotty, I haven't been to the pit in a long time, man. I was lucky to go there a lot during those ESPN days. And I tell you, that place is daunting still, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Um, and this, you know, look, there's a lot of great places uh, to watch a game. and uh, But I don't know when it's rocking. And sometimes it's not. If they're not a good team, that place, that that uh, it's a fair weather fan base. Like, they'll get sure. after you when they're winning. But when they're not winning, they disappear really quickly. But when they get it, when they've got it cooking, I don't know if there's a place in the country more daunting to play than that place. Yeah, that's rough, man. I remember those days really well. Uh, the land of uh, of the Lobos, 
you know, the pit. Wow. Have you been down in Fieldhouse by chance? No, no, I was not there when uh, uh, I've not been to there. I know we, we talked to Greg Rubel and Mark Durant. That Boy, they are, they're on cloud nine. And I'm sure you're pretty happy to see BYU beat Kansas. Uh, yeah, I didn't cry. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> I didn't cry. I nah, figured no you were, tears, you no were tears, just fine no with tears. that. Yeah, no tears. Yeah. The only other place that I can even look at, too, sorry to go off topic, but Cameron Indoor uh, at Duke is a crazy place. You know, the Cameron crazies. But, you know, I tell you, there's a lot to be said. And, and jazz fans, they're a big part of why Delta Center has been such a dominant place for such since the beginning of time, you know, when Larry built the place, Larry's the house that Larry built, you know, when you sit close and it's confined and there's a, a feeling of, uh, of just everyone's on the same page, there's nothing like it. And I tell you, arenas do make a big impact, man. Kansas State's not been the same, in my opinion, since they built Bramlage. Uh, and Ahern was kind of part of the Allen Fieldhouse um, days. And... You know, those, those are great places to watch college hoop, and it, it I think it gives everybody a home court advantage. And the Jazz have one, too. Hopefully they can feel that when we get back in town next week. Bowler, you're the best, man. We appreciate it, and uh, look forward to catching up again here very soon. Take care, Bowler. Have hey, a great guys. call tonight. Thanks, guys. Try to drop by the arena and say hey one night, will you? We're up there on that uh, top level there on the, you know, you know where we are. Oh, yeah, I know. The, bird, the bird's eye view. I'll bring my bar oh. soap. <laughs> okay, do it. <laughs> All right, guys, talk uh, to you next week. Good stuff. There he is, Craig Bowler, Jack Radio on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.